From Brown Cow Studios in Montana, this is News Nerds, the news podcast. It's September, and that means the end of summer. Over the season, we've talked to some amazing guests and covered so much. Today, we're looking back on that, and this week, my interview with B.J. Lederman will be on the show. He is a composer of many notable NPR themes, National Public Radio. These include the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me theme, the Weekend Edition Saturday and Sunday themes, and the original Morning Edition theme. I'm your host, Ezra Graham, and stay tuned because this is the best of News Nerds. Here's my interview with B.J. Lederman, which I recorded earlier this year. Yeah, yeah I, I heard that and I was just like, oh, this is great. This is great. Just before, the day before the interview, uh, Yo-Yo Ma, yeah, that's great. No, I, did, I did not, I didn't, he, I didn't hear it live, but because I, I usually, you know, I <laughs> don't tell anybody, but I wake up too late to hear most of my morning shows. I got some messages and then I looked on Twitter and there was all this stuff about way to go be Julia Ma likes your music. By the way, uh, this I'm, is, it looks like beer, but it's, it's root beer. Can you see what I'm drinking? Yeah, yeah. All right. Just, just so you know. BJ Lederman is the writer of many famous NPR themes, including the morning edition themes or the former morning edition theme, the marketplace theme, the wait, wait, don't tell me theme, and many more. And he joins us now. Welcome. Welcome. Good to be here, Ezra. So you were in college at American University after you dropped out of Virginia Tech, and you were studying broadcast journalism, and then you ended up writing these notable NPR themes. How did that come about for you? I was a very lucky person. I was in the right place at the right time. Uh, I had a good friend, a couple of friends, uh, Skip Peasy, Jerry Peasy. Skip Peasy worked at NPR. Uh, he was in the engineering department. I had been writing jingles for uh, all kinds of things, uh, airlines, <laughs> dairy products, cars. <laughs> oh, this is so embarrassing. Anyway, I gave my cassette demo cassette of these jingles to skip and this was the time they were let's see this was back in uh, 1977 show went on in 79 and um they were kicking around the idea for a new morning news show they needed a theme and skip gave this cassette to the original producer jim russell and the next day Skip found a message in his mailbox saying, get me BJ Lederman, underlined exclamation point. So I had a meeting and uh, they gave me some demo funding and I went to my friend, guitar player friend Taco's house. (laughs) He had a four track, four tracks. That's all I had to work with. Four track reel to reel tape recorder. I wrote this thing on my mother's piano and brought it over there and it just hit the bullseye. And that was the first step. But Jim left NPR to go on to other things uh, to, before the show aired. And 
Jay Kernis became the new producer, but before Jim left, he gave the cassette of my demo for the theme, which by the way, I am currently holding in my hand. <laughs> this, this should make a good, what do they call those things now? Non-fungible NF, non-fungible non tokens, and NFT. I should put this on. Anyway, I digress. If not for that one move, handing over my demo cassette to the new producer, you and I would not be talking now. <laughs> so I got on the air and everybody seemed to like it and it went through a number of uh, arrangements. And I do want to bring in another name at this point, and that name is Jim Pugh. Uh, the second time we went back into the studio to, they call it, you know, freshen up the sound. Uh, they introduced me to Jim, who was a A-list session player in uh, New York. And Jim took my, you know, four-track demo stuff and eight-track demo stuff and turned it into this brilliant orchestral, you know, jazzy orchestral style. And uh, they don't credit him often enough, but I can tell you right now that without meeting Jim Pugh, we also would not be talking right now. So the mood for these NPR themes that you've written is really engaging and it makes uh, uh, Scott Simon want to dance, me want to dance. How did you, <laughs> how did you pick out the mood for those? Uh, if you could only read my mind. The, the producers of, of each show, would sit down with me and give me basically a laundry list of what type of moods uh, they needed. And th this is probably where it was one, one of my strongest suits, even in the advertising industry before all this NPR stuff and afterwards, because I kept doing jingles when I moved to New York. And it was a lot of people who are in business and don't know the language of music. And by the way, back then, I didn't know how to read music. I did everything by ear. I still do everything by ear. Um, but the people were, you know, the agencies at, at NPR, they were, I guess, put more at ease by the fact that they knew that they could just tell me what kind of mood they wanted to, to get and what, what type of audience they wanted to to you know be interested in this music i would even ask questions like okay you know on the radio what songs what songs do you do you hear this thing being close to what songs do you hate and don't want it to sound like you know because if they couldn't express more to me i would sort of narrow it down the very first morning edition piece the instruction was and i don't know if you knew this but back then most of the npr member stations I think the show started at five in the morning, six in the morning, I don't know. But they, before that, what you would hear would be classical music. So that was the majority of stations were coming out of a, a classical music program right into morning edition. And so Jim and Jay, they told me this has to somehow take a, um, Basically, I faked a piece of classical music. 
<laughs> yeah, sorry. A, a little intro, you know, with flute and clavinet and, you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And just for like 10 seconds, so it would seem like classical. And then there was this whoosh sound, which the Beatles taught me how to do. We actually turned the, the tape upside down in the machine recorded backwards a cymbal crash and a piano chord and let it decay so that when you turn the tape back around and played it frontwards it would go and you'd be right into the modern part of the music with the back then it was a french horn that was doing anyway too much information so you, uh, when, when you're growing up, how did music come up in your life? One, two, three, five. Well, she was just 17. You know what I mean. And the way she looked was way beyond compare. It was the bloody Beatles. <laughs> I you know, I was sitting in front of the TV watching that Sullivan show, like, you know, half of America and half of the world. And there are these mop top Beatles with this music that I never heard before. Yeah, it was, it was the Beatles. It, a force musicale that if you were a musician and you were into rock of any kind, um, they just changed the world for me. And I had enough friends, I had a, my best friend David Lively was, we both played drums and piano. And uh, we formed a little band called The Lively Sound Dimension, uh, LSD for short. <laughs> he, wrote that, he wrote LSD on the big drum head, you had a kick drum, <laughs> in, in psychedelic paint. Little did we know. Um, and so we started in like the fifth and sixth grade with this little band. And the, the funny thing is, you know, learning, playing Beatles songs and songs by the Monkees, the Rolling Stones. And we needed a, a PA system. Nobody had money for anything. So we borrowed Sammy Schwartz's father's 16 millimeter movie projector. We had a concert to do at the school in sixth grade. <laughs> oh my God. And so the projector came with a microphone. You plug the microphone into the projector. You know, like you were, well, back then, we watched movies with movie projectors. And they brought the speaker up to the front of the room under the screen, you know. So we set the speaker up. But you had to have the movie projector on, playing with the light shining. So we had the projector in the corner, shining the light in the corner. And whoever was singing would take the mic. <laughs> Oh, what I had to go through to get to this point where I am on your show. You wouldn't believe it. So it seems like you get immersed in the music you create. And I've seen you playing uh, on the internet some of the, the most famous themes that you have made, yes. Uh, um, and so is being a musician a dream job for you? I was going to say it beats digging ditches. <laughs> I don't want to get too silly on you here. My dream job 
is testing out mattresses, you know, for their sleepability. Mm-hmm. If I could get paid to sleep, you, you get me, you dig? I would, that, that's my dream job, especially if it came, you know, with a 401k and benefits and life and health insurance. Just, okay, come, wake up in the morning, go right to work at, at, the, at the mattress factory in a nice quiet room. Okay, BJ, today we're testing out the, uh, you know, the broccoli mattress. <laughs> and okay, fine, just put some, put some meditation music on softly, give me the pillow, the covers, and I'll see you in eight hours. That's my dream job. <laughs> you, you know, to, to be honest, um, Ezra, you know, hopefully, you know, I just see you doing what you're doing. And in, in 20 years, I'm going to turn on NPR or, or something, and I'm going to hear you as a 30-something-year-old uh, reporter. And I'm going to go, I knew, I just, I just knew that he was going to end up like that. And you would say, like I'm going to say, anything that you love that you would do for free, like I would do music for free. I would play music for free. If you get paid for it, yes, that's my dream job. So there you have it. Uh, you've written other songs that are not for NPR. Tell me about those. Well, beside my album, which is my one and only album, which I couldn't think of a name, so I decided to name it BJ. Do you think it's a good name for good, my... Yeah, I like it. One, one and only album. Um, like I said, other, other jingles, um, when I got dumped, my first girlfriend in college, I wrote a real heartbreaker, crying, crying your beer song called, mm-hmm. <laughs> called College Romance is a Higher Education. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what an idiot. Um, uh, and, and these jingles, I mean, I'll send you some of them if you maybe you can pop them in. I don't know. There's one for a dairy company called Marva Made, and mm-hmm. I, I was lucky enough to be hooked up with the singing group, the Starland Vocal Band. Now I don't expect you to know who they were, but they had a big hit in my day called Afternoon Delight. And Afternoon Delight is about you know uh, the ability to even say have dessert in the afternoon before dinner. Okay, and you're gonna, you know, after this Google afternoon delight and find out what it's really about, and hopefully, ha ha ha, you will laugh a little. But these singers, fabulous, and they doubled, you know, they made more money by being studio singers. And I was put together with these people, and um, one of our first hits was for Marva Made. And it's sort of a, if you want fresh, Margaret taste it's in so there's where they all go we go up with me so well and they go ooh Marva made like, ooh it's supposed to be good ooh Marva made and then the cow comes in Marva made I rhymed with a cow uh, it was it was one of my best moments um, but there were jingles for i remember doing one for an auto parts company 
And I did it in, in bebop jazz style with a female singer, female vocalist. If you've got a job to do, it's pro parts, pro parts. They thought I was out of my mind. And I was, but they loved it because I don't know why. Um, so your mother had a role in some of your songs, uh, I think it's in the BJ album. Tell me about how your mother had that role. Well, first of all, she'll see, she died in 2010 and I moved to Asheville just a couple of years later. Can't believe I've been here over a decade. I got married a few months ago. Do you know that? Congratulations. Thank you very much. It works out very well for an old altacaca like me. Um, anyway, um, my mother, I've been talking about doing this album for decades. And my friends were tired of hearing me talking about it. BJ, yeah, you're gonna put this song on your album, you're gonna put that song on your album. And when I came here, I made a commitment to getting it done. And I ran into a uh, very well-known producer who had just arrived here from Los Angeles. His name is Eric Serafin. He goes by the name of Mixer Man. Um, I was able to wrangle uh, an extremely hot band from uh, Watkinsville, the Athens, Georgia area, Randall Bramlett Band, uh, as my backup band. And uh, even Bella Fleck, who is the banjo empresario, uh, agreed to be on three uh, instrumental cuts on the album. So I got the thing done. and. Part of that is, you know, back of my mind, my mother would never forgive me if I got through my whole life without doing the album. But there's also a track on the album called Mom's Phone Messages. Mm -hmm. And it occurred to me that I'd saved up all, after she died, one of the first things I did was dumped all of her digital phone messages into my computer. And when I told Mixer man this, and, and he heard some of this stuff, you know, like, PJ, why don't you come over here? <laughs> how, how come my VCR is always flashing 12 o'clock? I finally had to tell her mom, because Congress passed a new law, it's now 12 o'clock all the time. So your, your VCR is right. I'm not coming over there to fix your VCR clock one more time. Anyway, so we got into the studio and the band did this little jazz riff round and round and uh, Eric placed her messages very, in a very funny way. And it's great because she had people, you know, friends of her still alive and they were able to listen to her. Okay, and lastly, this is a very important question. Um, why did Morning Edition stop using your theme? <laughs> Take this out. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh my God. 
Oh, all right. Uh, I will say, can I call a friend? Wait a minute. Can I use that? Um, obviously, they stopped using my music because I stopped paying them. It was about time. This is the real story. Because the last arrangement that Jim Pugh did with me, it had been quite a number of years. And, you know, time's marching on. And there's a new demographic of listeners who are, you know, taking the lead. And um, I was wondering what the devil took them so long. You know, I was hoping they would uh, use me, but I did not have uh, anything to do with the new arrangement. They, I'm happy to to hear my melody still in it, and I'm really thrilled and you know honored that they say our theme is uh, inspired by me. Uh, you know, my whole relationship with NPR, um, it, aside from you know human relationships is the best thing that happened to me. And I'm, you know, pretty much the luckiest composer on earth to be associated with NPR in this way. And uh, if I go down in history as, you know, the NPR jingle theme, theme guy, you could do a lot worse. Thank you so much, BJ, for talking to me today and being on News Nerds. Ezra, I appreciate you having me. It's my honor, believe me. And please, 20 years from now, I want to turn on NPR and hear you hosting Morning Edition or Weekend Edition or All Things Considered. All right? Promise me that. Okay, I'll try. That's BJ Learman. He has written many NPR themes, including the former Morning Edition theme, the Marketplace theme, the Science Friday theme, and more. And... We are going to now hear you play us out. Yeah, I'm going to play one of my favorite tunes and I'm going to switch over the, I'm going to say goodbye to you here and switch over the um, input. The piano will come to you directly. It should sound good. Let me know. Stand by. for this week's episode of News Nerds. On this week's episode, I was your host. I'm Ezra Graham. You can find us on the web at newsnerdspodcast.com. There you can listen to past episodes of News Nerds, Cow Pies, and other News Nerds extras. You can also listen to the podcast 
on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. While you're there, please subscribe to the podcast. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It really helps our ratings. Another way to listen is by listening on Thursdays at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on KGVM, Community Radio for the Gallatin Valley. If you are not in the Gallatin Valley area, go to KGVM's website, kgvm.org, to listen on their live stream. Until next week, bye-bye.